This is First You Hustle, a podcast from the Columbus College of Art and Design meant to help students and budding creative professionals put their expertise to use. I'm your host, Jordan Bell. Today, we're talking about the process. So you want to apply to a job? Okay, how do you do that? Click and apply? Well, it's not really that simple, although it can be explained pretty simply. I want to hire somebody who wants to work here. So I want to hear why you want to work here. That was today's guest. My name is Kristen Harris, and I'm the COO and co-founder of Portfolio Creative. Kristen is a graduate of CCAD and worked as a creative professional for some big names. However, when it came time for her to find other creative professionals to hire, she always found it to be a struggle. Enter Portfolio Creative, a business she co-founded to be the solution to creative candidates not connecting to the right jobs and companies and companies not able to find those creative candidates. We discussed how candidates navigate the process, the do's, the don'ts, and what Kristen sees from the hiring perspective and what it means for you as the job candidate. We also hear from student groups about the benefits of joining your peers as you navigate the job search. Being a part of this, you know, involving yourself with other majors has definitely opened other eyes other than my own for uh, portfolio development and, um, and what all careers are out there in the real world and Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of First You Hustle. If you haven't already, check out our first episode on The Pitch, where we discuss the importance of presentation. It really feeds well into this episode where we get a little more in the weeds on the other parts of your application. Uh, if you're new to this series in general, this is First You Hustle, a podcast from CCAD's Career Services Office, where we're going to discuss professional development topics as they relate to creative professionals um, about once every other week. Uh, during the semester. I had a really great conversation with today's guest, COO and co-founder of Portfolio Creative, Kristen Harris. Uh, One quick technical note, it turns out that my mic picked up most of the nearby 10 TV tower. So instead of subjecting you to a fuzzy and faded broadcast of The Price is Right, I cut out my live parts. Fortunately, Kristen's microphone still worked just fine. So you'll get to hear her, but I'm going to jump in and out of the interview uh, with some thoughts and tips of my own uh, to kind of move things along. Let's get started with how Portfolio Creative even came to be. It was constantly difficult to find the people I needed for my team. So you're working full time, you're, I was managing the department, the creative department, and you have a lot of your own work and you're trying to find talent and there wasn't a good way to find people. I just kept thinking there needs to be a better way to connect these two sides. We are just constantly connecting with, meeting with, interviewing creative people of all sorts. So we're just always connecting with those people and understanding what they're looking for. And then we're also always connecting with clients and then it's it's putting together the right match. It's a lot like, like matchmaking, like, you know, for dating. <laughs> In the age of the internet, you'd think there are virtually no barriers to companies and candidates finding each other. I think the barriers don't come in the form of companies not finding people. It comes in the form of companies not finding the right people. So next, Kristen talks about the barriers in the way of candidates showing their quality. Yeah, yes. I think there are um, several barriers. One is creative people do have a hard time talking about themselves. Like um, often, and I was like this too. So it's it's really easy for me to 
promote someone else, but it was very difficult for me to do it for myself. I think a lot of times our work speaks for itself, and so it's sort of like, here's my work, do you like it? You know, that everything is in that portfolio, and, and it's not just your work, it's like your heart and your soul, so it's very personal, too. And um, so I think that's difficult because creative people don't, as much as a lot of times we're involved in marketing and advertising kind of roles, we don't think about doing that for ourselves, marketing ourselves or advertising ourselves. And that's really what a job search is. I mean, essentially you're marketing yourself out to a population of people who might you know, want to hire you for, for some type of work. And so um, I think people are both, uh, it's like two extremes, either share way too much and talk way too much about a whole level of detail that isn't necessary or don't share much of anything. It's like, I was a designer on these dates. <laughs> like, um, you know, there, there's a good middle ground. So for resumes, that that's probably the most difficult. But um, the other thing is that I think people are really getting caught kind of in this loop of all the online job posting and, and application process. and. It's great. I mean, it's a very useful tool. It, it allows companies to broadcast work out to a bigger, you know, audience to, and for people to uh, see things that maybe they wouldn't have seen before because it wasn't, you know, published in a newspaper or however we used to, you know, public publicize jobs. But I also think it can really be a black hole. So you submit your information, you know, you press the button and then you just sort of wait and hope something happens. And that, you know, sort of that hope is not a strategy is very true in, in that situation. I think there's there's more to it. It's really, there's a process and it's, it's a job. Like looking for a job is your job for a while. And when you freelance or if you work independently, like do a lot of contract work, it's sort of always your part-time job because you're always looking for the next thing. I'm working on this now, but what will I work on next? Like you're always needing to um, seek out, you know, the next opportunity. So there are tons of opportunities you want to apply to and you need to sell yourself. Hey, that was episode one topic, by the way. It can be overwhelming, and Kristen gave us some tips on how to stay organized and empower yourself to be in charge of your job search. Well, first of all, I just, I just think like organize yourself, like organize your your job search, and and really do treat it like work. You know, I it depends. However, people work. Like I don't care if it's a notebook or like I'm a spreadsheet person, but whatever. Like have some way to track what you're doing and sort of make notes of who you contacted, what you sent them, when you know, what the opportunity is, you know, just all the, the pertinent details so that you can keep track of what's going on. Because if you're just submitting, submitting, submitting to stuff, you don't even know what you've put out there, let alone, you know, being able to follow up on it. So so the next part is following up on it. So, you know, you, you submit your information. That's great. It's sort of, to me, that's like, um, you followed the rules, you know, the, the instructions were to submit your information and you did that and you should always do that. Like you should always follow the rules because companies like that you <laughs> did whatever they asked. But then I think there's a next level of like, what else can you do? And that gets into a lot of um, more kind of grassroots sort of stuff. Like who do you know who may, who works there or may have worked there in the past or, um, you know, is there an alumni from your, your college or university that maybe is in that department that you could connect with? You may not know them, but usually if you have that like mutual, hey, we both went to CCAD, you know, can I connect with you and ask you about this job I saw posted? And, you know, there's usually if there's some sort of a mutual connection, you can um, get a response from someone. Um, 
getting out and going to events like industry organizations like CSCA or AdFed or AMA and meeting people in your industry is just helpful no matter what and and especially you know maybe you can run into somebody who works at that place or who works somewhere that you'd be interested in I think the other thing is there's a lot of work out there that is never posted you know companies tend to post their full-time positions they're they're looking to fill and um, you know depending on the place and this happens a lot in more governmental kind of places like Ohio State sometimes they already have a candidate but they have to post it to make sure that they follow the rules of broadcasting it to the greater population or whatever whatever the the rules are about it so um, there's a lot there are things that are posted but there's a lot of work out there that isn't posted and it's found through word of mouth and connecting through companies like ours and through you know industry organization job boards and things like that that are all um, a whole undercurrent of opportunities that I think people don't think about as much. They sort of, you know, I'm going to go to the whatever, Victoria's Secret job board, I'll see what they have posted and I'll submit my information and somehow that's the only way to get in there and it's it's just not. There's so many other ways. Like to me that's the front door, but then you want to find the back door and the side door. <laughs> Okay, now you're organized. You know you need to put your best foot forward, but what is your best foot? How do you even know what to say in the application? One thing that is, I think can be really helpful is to talk to people who do this kind of work. So whether it's talking to us or somebody in a career services role, or if you know somebody in HR recruiting, even if it's not a company you're looking for, just if they do that kind of work, asking them to take a look at what you're presenting and and get their feedback because I think it can be really hard when you're so close to it you know just like anything your your own work or like I can't edit my own writing right like I know what I meant to say (laughs) but then I can say to somebody else does this make sense it all made sense in my head but you know to them it may not Outside of talking with people working there Kristen also talked about approaching uh, the research side of things again You'll recall in our previous episode that research is a big part of crafting your pitch. It's also a big part of applying to different companies. Even just doing Google searches on the company, you can usually find out quite a bit of good information. You can find out maybe um, recent press releases or articles or things that were written, maybe you know new projects or initiatives they have going on. You can go to the places like Glassdoor and, and so on that um, get that people provide feedback on what it's like to work at that company. It's a little difficult with a smaller company because there's usually not much on those kind of sites or a, a couple people. I I always just, it's just like on Amazon, I always think like the people that are the huge fan and the most disgruntled are the ones who are most likely to post. So you have to kind of <laughs> weigh those two. But especially with a larger company, there's usually a big enough pool of posts to kind of get a feel for what, what it's like. The, the easiest, I do think, you know, meeting people there, reaching out through LinkedIn, you know, maybe finding someone, like I said, somebody that, that you have enough in common, you can reach out and say, hey, you know, we have this in common. Would you be you know willing to, to chat with me? And and not asking a lot of that person as well. So don't ask them for an hour of their time, but a 15 minute phone call, or even just can I send you a couple questions via email? You know, that person, if they're, you know, most people are generally nice. And if you're not asking a lot of them that will, you know, be time consuming, they're usually kind of willing to share information. Um, I think it's easier when you're looking 
in the city where you live because you probably tend to know more about the companies or can easily find someone who may be connected. It's a, it is more difficult if you're looking in another city, you know, kind of from afar. Really, internet research is probably the the best that you have for that. But there is so much more information available now than you know when I was looking for a job. <laughs> it was the newspaper then, right? right? So, so there's a lot more. And then there's your materials, like your resume. What should that look like, and what do you include? We have a guide on ccadcareers.com, but. Now you can hear it straight from someone who regularly hires creative professionals. I think there's some general um, rule of thumb kind of things. Like even if you just follow that, you're in, in better shape. And um, so things like put all of your work experience in chronological order, include the stuff that is relevant to what you're looking for. But I think especially um, when you're a fairly recent graduate or even if you've been working for just a few years, it's less important to put all the other work experience. I think when, when you're first starting out, it's good to have maybe your jobs that you held in college and retail or, or whatever you did. You know, I think there's an, um, it sort of makes a good statement of like, I'm a hard worker and I, you know, I, I helped put myself through college or whatever, but, but once you have some relevant work experience, that stuff can drop off. It's just not related anymore. Um, staying away from a lot of personal information, unless it's important to the role, then they don't need to know about it. It's, it's just not their business. The other one is just not explaining well the work that they do. So like before I said, people would just say, you know, I was graphic designer at this company on these dates. I want to know more, like, who did you do work for? What, you know, who were your clients? What kind of projects did you do graphic design on? How big were the projects? Were they? If you think about from the the client side, the hiring manager side, the company that's interested in working with you, whether it's you know a full-time job or, or freelance or whatever it is, they're looking for what you can do for them. And so they need to see the problems you have solved or the things you've accomplished so they can see if it's similar to what they're trying to solve. I think it really helps. And that's where I go back to like talking to maybe someone in HR or somebody who's on the other side of the table, they can give you feedback from more of that perspective. I mean, they, like I said, they, they want you to be a fit too. Like it's, it is equally not as fun to try and find people as it is to be looking for a job. Like both sides of that isn't that fun. And, and you're both hoping it'll be a match and you can just move on and do the work. Along with each resume, there should be a cover letter. It's a really important document and a great opportunity for you to explain, you know, why you want to work there and how you work and your passion and a lot of the things that don't really fit into the resumes. But here's what that can look like. Yeah, I, I like a cover letter and, and today it may not be a, a formal cover letter. It may be like an introductory email that your resume is attached to, but either way, it's a it's a short letter about yourself, right? And I, I like it because it's an opportunity to highlight the things that you have that are a fit. So I think the thing with the resume is there's a lot of information on there and you're hoping they'll see the parts that, you know, match. And you can, um, and I'm a big fan of this as well, is just customizing your resume a bit to every role. It's so easy, you know, with technology, we can have a thousand versions of our resume. And so... Um, maybe pulling a few points or a few skills to the top to you know highlight them something that matches the the description but in the cover layer you can really do that you can you know highlight I have you know I'm interested in this role please state the role because they may have five roles out you know I'm interested in this role 
I have these skills and experiences that fit. And don't lie, like if you're not, then why are you applying, right? So it has to be genuine, but I assume you're not applying for a job if you're not interested in, in what they do. I think um, for me, keep it short and simple. It does not need to go on and on. It can be two quick paragraphs, but it's just highlighting a few important things you want to make sure they notice. And really, it's just to get them interested enough to read the resume. It gets them to say, this person seems interesting enough and a, possibly a fit that I want to talk to them. And a lot of times, that's a phone call. And then the phone call, hopefully at least to an interview. It's like each each little step of a, you know, of a, a game almost, <laughs> like you get to the next level. And in case you missed parts of the advice that you just heard, here's a quick summary. Don't do anything that can turn people off. Just remember your audience, I think is, is the big thing there. Remembering your audience, um, explaining your work and what you've done and what you've accomplished. You probably have really good things to share. So explain that in your resume, in the interview, when you show your portfolio. Um, write, a, write a cover letter <laughs> that, that does highlight why are you interested in this job? Like, I want to hire somebody who wants to work here. So I want to hear why you want to work here. So um, showing your enthusiasm and, and why you're interested in this particular job, not just applying to 500 jobs, and I happen to be one of them. Whew, that is a lot. Your application is a bit more than just upload and submit. And a lot of time should be going into organizing your search preparing your skills as they relate to the employer and articulating that in your application. The idea that Kristen mentioned of using Excel to organize uh, your approach and your applications is really key. Uh, I would suggest you have the following columns, company name, position you're applying to, the contact that you know at the company, and also who your recruiter or HR contact. And the difference between those two people is an HR contact really can only help you with the application process. They're not really going to give you any sort of inside information or help get your application fast-tracked, but a networking contact can. Knowing someone that works in the division that you're gonna work in, or even the department that you're you're looking to apply to, can help you get the, your foot in the door for an interview. And for each contact column, have a corresponding column of last contact, and whether you initiated or they did. This can help you manage following up without accidentally following up too soon. You'll also want columns on status, like have you heard back, is there an interview scheduled, and to-dos. Do you have any action that you need to take uh, with this uh, type of opportunity? Also, helpful additional columns might be the geographic location of the job, the job function itself, or the industry that the company is in. These are really great for prioritizing. This will help you manage applying to the full breadth of positions that you're interested in. You can see if you are over applying to one industry and should look at others or one job function or if you've been limiting yourself geographically. If you're ever stuck in your search, you can always revisit one of these broad categories. If you need more leads, you can always consider factoring in more job functions or expand your geographic footprint, things like that. Once you're organized, use networking, your own research, and what you know about a job posting to inform the quality of your application. Resumes should reflect the skills you have as they relate to the position, so make sure you're using the most descriptive and most relevant verbs possible. Cover letters connect your interests and career goals to the position. Think of it this way. When you go to a restaurant, you're handed a menu. That menu has all the items that you can order. This is essentially the resume. Here's what our kitchen can do. Select that which you want. Now, I'm sure the cooks in the kitchen can do more than just the things listed on the menu, but they specifically mentioned a selection of their abilities because they know you came in for a specific type of cuisine. 
Now on the back of the menu, or, or sometimes actually on the front of the menu, you'll sometimes see in about this restaurant, and it might detail how long they've been open and how they got started, how many generations they've owned the place or what they, you know, the, how they put their time and attention into the meals that they make and the, the types of recipes that they use. This is essentially the cover letter because it doesn't really tell you much more about what you can get there. The menu covers that, but it makes you think differently about what is on the menu. Suddenly the, the chicken Parmesan has a very different appeal when you find out the restaurant prides itself on the most traditional of Italian recipes handed down generation to generation. Similarly, your cover letter should help someone look at your resume in a certain light. It can detail a broader scope of how you want to apply the skills and experiences in your resume. It can articulate why you're passionate about this area of work. It can also and should detail why you want to work for that company specifically. Remember that this is a letter, which means it should be making a connection between you and the person on the other end. Don't think of cover letters as boilerplate and no two should be the same. Make sure your portfolio is accessible and clear. You wanna make sure that your resume, cover letter, and portfolio each can tell a story on its own, but when put together, gives a real complete, not overly repetitive image of who you are as a professional. In other words, don't just repeat things from your resume on your cover letter. Don't just list things that are in your portfolio on your resume. Let each document detail your work in a way that the other does not. This provides additional perspective on your abilities. But most importantly, find support to develop these skills. One great way to do that is by connecting with your peers. Even though it may seem like your peers are the direct competition, you'll actually find that working together and sharing ideas ends up helping both of you to find great employment. I did this myself in grad school. We actually had a small cohort and we regularly shared job leads, looked at each other's resumes and cover letters, and generally helped support one another. On campus, the student collectives are a great resource for that, as are other departments. And I caught up with just a few of the clubs and resources that will help aid in your professional development earlier this year at the resource fair on the quad. Facilities has the thrift store. Do you guys have any resources for students? Like, would they be able to get, um, you know, interview attire from you guys? Absolutely. We have suits, ties, dress shirts, dress shoes. For women, we have beautiful dresses, beautiful dress shoes, jackets, skirts, tops, very nice. We are open on Thursdays from 10 to noon. Our location is 76 North Grant Street, and we open September 7th. How has uh, being a part of the AdGraph Student Collective helped you with your professional development? Um, well, I would say the collaboration is definitely the biggest part of this collective. Um, being a part of this, you know, involving yourself with other majors has definitely opened other eyes other than my own for uh, portfolio development and um, and what all careers are out there in the real world and everything. Do you guys ever share tips on like resumes and cover letters and other things like that? Yeah, we do a lot of really cool workshops. Um, Sometimes we're going to be trying to collaborate with other majors um, involved with that too, but a lot of professional things and uh, events that come up like job fair and internship fair, things like that. Awesome. And what's your name and major? I'm Audrey Steam and I'm an AdGraph junior. I'm Serenity Stroll. I'm one of the leaders of the Film and Video Student Collective. Um, it's been really helpful. I've been a part of it since freshman year and it was just a really great opportunity to kind of go out and do work outside of the classroom and work on sets and like get experience and things that you wouldn't learn until you were older. 
and more advanced in the program and you kind of like get that chance to learn those things as a freshman as well as like meet industry people and people who are graduating who are now in the industry so it's just a really cool way to kind of connect with everyone. Um, I'm Maddie Carrero, it's the Animation Student Collective and it's really helped me kind of learn more about the industry and like what I can do and how it's, it's so, there's so many different options and it's, you're not really like limited to one thing. Um, and then I've gotten to like talk to a lot of different artists who are actually out there doing animation and it's kind of inspiring to know that they came from here so like it's possible when I graduate that I can be out there too. So my name's Natalia and you know this is Fashion Student Organization. I feel like people should join because we we try to get like industry professionals into our club. They do demos, you're seeing what they're doing, they talk about their experiences, and I feel like that's a hands-on experience that you don't have anywhere else except in our club. So very easy, very chill, and we also make it in a fun place that you're not feeling stressed out about these like pretty stressful things that you have to do when you graduate. So my name is Jordan Hughes. Um, I'm the president of ISC. A good reason to join is because we're all awesome. Um, but we also do like a lot of artist talks. So we bring in people like Loish came in last year, which is a big, huge digital um, artist on Instagram, and she does a lot of concept art. We had Colleen Clark, who's an alumni, who works at Cartoon Network in Atlanta now. She's um, also a former leader of ISC. Yeah, former leader of ISC, who got connections through ASC, um, which is really cool. Um, she came in and talked with us. We had a Bioware concept artist come in and Skype us and talk to us for a little while. Um, we do activities, a lot of like things to keep you like creative and keep you like thriving off of each other as illustrators. So collecting together, and even like other people who aren't illustrators, comics majors are well Welcome. Animation majors are welcome. Like we do, ad graph people. Like anyone can stop in. So you're making bonds with people that aren't only in your major. Hi, I'm uh, Kyle Benson with Photo Collective, and Photo Collective is the student organization where all the different, uh, not just photo majors, but majors across the school, they come and we critique work and we talk about local uh, gallery openings and things like that. Things that are relative in the. Uh, photo world and it helps you a lot because it helps you meet new people in your major and it helps you meet people who think like you do and you get the opportunity to kind of work through the problems with your own work and you have a really good peer group that you can always fall back on when you always need a little bit of feedback on what you're making. So go find your tribe, get connected, and you'll always find you're on top of your job search game. Career Services regularly meets with some of these collective groups to do workshops, bringing guests, and help with the conversation. But just having like-minded and budding professionals serious about their craft will rub off on you and will make you buckle down to get this done. Thanks for joining us on another episode of First You Hustle. If you haven't already, subscribe in iTunes to receive regular up episode updates. Check the Career Services calendar on ccadcareers.com for upcoming employer visits and workshops. And make sure you're aware of our upcoming Connections Job Fair on Friday, November 3rd. Students will need to RSVP by Friday, October 20th. and will be included in a lookbook for employers with your resume and a link to your portfolio website. The Connections Career Fair is also for internships and is open to all class years. I encourage you, even if you're not looking for an internship, to go and meet with some employers and learn about what's out there. And certainly, if you're a junior or senior, now's the prime time to be looking for an internship, to be looking for full-time jobs. It's going to be a great resource for you. Thanks again for joining us on this episode, and we'll see you again in a couple weeks. Take care.
our music is Jimmy H. Boogaloo by the Juanitos, provided under the Creative Commons license from the Free Music Archive. Thanks to them.